1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. What's the latest in your office these days? Have the new restrictions cooled the market at all? You know, the restrictions haven't really cooled the market. We're, we're heading into our spring market, and we saw a slowdown last year, but that was more because I think the restrictions were so new, people didn't know what to expect. And now it, it almost seems like the new normal to have these restrictions. And, you know, we're limiting our showings to essential showings only. So if someone has already bought a home and needs to sell, or if someone has sold their home and needs to buy, that's who we're showing right now. There's not a lot of tire kickers out there. So if you're getting a showing request, if your home is currently listed and you're getting a showing request, you know that there's a good chance that these people are serious about seeing your home and, and possibly making an offer. So that's a, a good thing. The With the office, I, I mean, right now it's very quiet in the office because not a lot of people will come in. Uh, they're, they're doing their business and then going back home as we're supposed to. So, uh, again, it's uh, quieter in the office, but the market's still very active. And in terms of your your office, if I can ask you, do you think that you will bring entire staff back after this is all over? Or do you think that this idea of of working from home will continue beyond the pandemic? Our front desk staff has to be in the office. So we limit it to one person at a time. And we have over the last little while, uh, probably since last August, when we actually came back uh, into the office after that long break, we have had one person at the front desk and we need that person because they're essential to us. They need to take the the checks that people are bringing in for deposits and and deposit those and, you know, conduct the banking and, and just be here for phone calls and clients that are calling in or agents that need support. Our back office staff has all been working from home since we started. I mean, we're a very lean operation here. We use a lot of uh, technology and systems that allows our back office staff to work remotely. And that's been working out great. We're a paperless office, so there's not a lot of, you know, touching of papers or transferring papers or anything like that. And it's been working great for us. So we're going to stay with that. And I know offices that generally have their back office staff working within the offices, they may need to make some changes. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they transform or how they have already transformed into a more remote operation. Now, in terms of the market, let's get back to it. Are you still seeing bidding wars out there? And uh, how are you preparing your clients for those scenarios? We are. We're still seeing bidding wars. You're not getting as many people coming into these bidding wars as you would normally or, or not normally, but over the last few months. So instead of having 20 or 30 people competing for offers, now you've got you know six or seven or eight, 10 people competing for these homes. And that allows for more opportunity for buyers because now you've got people that are serious about this home and they're going to come in, they're going to be prepared. What we tell our buyers is to make sure you're pre-approved, 
make sure that, you know, when we see these houses in person, because the initial showings are usually virtual tours or 3D tours that we're doing. And, uh, you know, once we do go out and see these properties in person, it's either to weed them out or to get set to put an offer on it. Now you said so this you've got a lot of serious people. Sorry. That's okay. And you said this is the spring market. I assume though that there's nothing usual or typical about this market, is it? There's not. If you look at the sales last month, I mean we had over fifteen thousand sales, which is incredible. And that momentum is gonna continue. There's there's so much demand out there, Tina, and you have to remember this is just the tip of the iceberg for demand because our borders are still closed. Come May when these stay-at-home orders are lifted and hopefully people, uh, more people are vaccinated and the borders start to open up, you're going to start to see demand peak at that point. So for those that think demand is peaking right now, no, there's, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You've been at this game a long time. Have you seen this type of market before? We saw a bit of it in 2016, early 2017, but the, the heat of the market was never at this level. Even in 2016-17, we had a lot of speculators. We had a lot of people kicking tires. We had sellers going on the market just to see if they could get their price. This is a very different market. This market, people are serious. They want to buy homes and they're not messing around. They'll pull out all the stops that they need to to get into these homes. And at times, we almost have to hold people back to say, hold on, that price is getting too high, let's keep looking. And it's, uh, it's trickier. There's a lot of frustration from agents right now because they've, you know, they've gone 20, 30 offers without being able to complete a deal because you're limited to what your client is able to pay or can afford to pay. And that is, uh, that's been a frustration from agents because as busy as the market is, there are some agents that you know they've uh, they've just lost it. They've uh, haven't been able to complete a deal. And if you're looking for eight hundred thousand dollars houses for your client that wants to purchase an eight hundred thousand dollars house, these are selling for about a million dollars. It takes them out of the the ball game. Now you've mentioned over the last few weeks that the housing market is quite active, and you know properties are going over list price. What's happening in the condo market, and will it recover? It will. We've already started to see the condo market recover. And uh, over the last month or so, we've seen condo prices start to get back. And that's a great sign uh, for the condo market. And it's a great sign for buyers and sellers because that is entry level now. So as the entry level starts to heat up, we're going to start to see the condo market pick up and even investment properties. And what about in terms of that condo size? Are you seeing um, the need for more and more larger condos? You are. We're seeing a lot more people interested in the two bedrooms, which we haven't before. Uh, but now even the builders have three-bedroom models available. And it's, uh, again, a very active market right now in the condos. And it's good to see. After the break, with the federal budget around the corner, could a new tax on your principal residence be coming that story is next. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan, from REMAX Prime Properties, with today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is the MP for Spadina, Fort York, and the Parliamentary Secretary for Housing, Adam Vaughn. Adam, thank you for joining. No worries. Great to be on the show. Adam, the federal budget is scheduled for April 19th, and there's been some talk about a capital gains tax on principal residences. What can you tell our listeners about this? It's not going to happen. Um, you know, there, there has been a, a great deal of, of, of research and work done by, by academics and, and some advocates, particularly on the West Coast, where there's a very, a very um, hot and a very specula- speculation-driven market. Um, and it's, it's, it's come up from time to time as, as an idea, but it's been dismissed each and every time by myself, by the minister in charge, Ahmed Hussain, by Christian, Christian Freeland, the, the, the finance minister, and by the prime minister. We've all said no. And if you've been around budgets before, it's extraordinarily rare for, for uh, ministers, especially finance ministers, to make declarative statements about taxes uh, before budgets come down. But the unequivocal answer is there will be no um, adjustment, no change, no modification, and no leveling of um, uh, capital gains tax on primary residents. It's not a good idea. Um, we've, we've been asked to look at it by a number of different sources, but every time we've looked at it, we've come to the same conclusion. It's a bad idea. So, Adam, anyone who follows you on Twitter, though, knows that you have been a longtime advocate of affordable housing. What can you tell us about the Rapid Housing Initiative? Well, the Rapid Housing Initiative, I mean, we deal with the full spectrum of housing needs when we deal with the National Housing Strategy. And the Rapid Housing Initiative was launched um, at the height of the second wave back back in September, late late, late October, uh, to deal with uh, encampments and people who were, were not living in shelters because of the fear of congregate living and the spread of COVID. And we moved very quickly to, to look at distressed assets across the country to, to, to marry them effectively with, with populations that are underhoused or housed precariously. And we put a billion-dollar program together that was aimed at delivering 3,000 units of housing immediately as we start to, to socially distance and safely house um, Canadians who are, who, are having, who are having housing challenges. The, the program wrapped up. Uh, about a month, uh, about a month ago, uh, we overachieved. We we actually achieved 4,777 units of housing, housing well over 5,000 people, uh, which is which is quite an astonishing um, um, accomplishment in in many ways of looking at it. Because it, it, it the calculation is about any given night, 38,000 people in in homeless shelters across Canada, and we effectively took more than 10% uh, out of that mix um, almost overnight. And now we're coming back to the budget, hoping to, to launch Rapid Housing 2.0 to, to do it all over again. So it's, it's been a very successful program, but it was aimed specifically at people uh, living in precarious housing, in shelters, in the rough, in parks and encampments, and to move them into safer places. And we, we did uh, achieve quite a bit on that front. And congratulations on that front, Adam. That was uh, an initiative that we were all looking out for, and uh, we're so happy when... Uh, you know, that went through. What can you tell our listeners about the increase in supply or a pending increase in supply? Because everyone is concerned about the uh, multiple offers and the bidding wars and the prices being, uh, you know, escalating year over year, month over month. Is there any relief in sight for future buyers? It's, it's a tricky market because whatever you do, um, and there are a lot of little tools available to us, but not a lot of big tools Whatever you do, um, you have to be very careful not to collapse the market or, or, or to, to, to cause deflation in the market. Um, because the only thing worse than, than, than struggling to buy your first home is to watch your home equity disappear right in front of your eyes, especially if you're counting on it for retirement. 
So what we need to do as a government is find ways to, to uh, reduce the speculation and reduce the inflation, but also um, provide uh, support for not just affordable housing, but housing affordability. And so we're taking a look at vacant home taxes uh, as, as, as a way of, of uh, trying to understand what the impact might be. We're looking at, at a surtax, perhaps, on foreign sales um, and sales to, to, to offshore investors uh, in the used housing market as opposed to the new construction market. Um, but we're also taking steps to do things like the shared equity agreement and boosting it in the GTA and the Greater Vancouver and Greater Victoria areas uh, to, tr- to try and give people um, a bridge to home ownership uh, because we need to, and we need to for a couple of reasons. One is to help people realize the dream of home ownership. We have to get them into the real estate market, and then you kind of get pulled along with the forces of play. But the second thing is if we don't get people with affluence, um, and, and good wages out of the rental market and into home ownership, we begin to back affluence up into the rental market, and that creates problems for, for families with, with, uh, with lower incomes but, but uh, housing needs. So we've got to sort of take a look at the full continuum of housing requirements across the country, take a look at the various measures in place to, to try and curtail speculation and, and, and lessen the inflationary pressure that's in the housing sector. And as you said, you know, there's a suite of, of, of the things we can look at around that, but at the end of the day, it's about supply. It's about making sure that we, that we work to, to find innovative ways to, to, to create new housing more quickly, but also to create the housing that's going to be uh, resistant to demographic surges in the future. We, we've had a huge 20-year build of, of, of one-bedroom apartments in, in downtown Toronto and major cities across the country, Vancouver and Toronto in particular. Uh, one-bedroom apartments are great places to create a family. They're very difficult places to raise a family. And so we need to start to focus in on multi-unit um, uh, condominiums, and three- and four-bedroom condominiums, but also take a look at how we build more effectively in the areas that have been set aside for, for, for intensification. And that involves not just a housing strategy, but also, of course, a transit strategy, and also investments into the community to make places a great place to live, which, which also is an impact on real estate. I mean, you know, those three magic words of real estate is location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Virtually every time you see a location, what you're talking about are libraries, parks, schools, transit, um, all the public infrastructure that makes a neighborhood what it is. So we need to make sure that we invest heavily across not just the housing sector, but also the transportation and community infrastructure sector, um, not only for housing um, uh, sort of uh, support, but also to make sure that the recovery from COVID is, is, a, is an enriched one that employs people, but also gives people choices and opportunities as to where they live. Well, speaking of choices and opportunities, then, what's your message to young people who are trying to get into this market that seems so unattainable? And then on the flip side, what's your message to those who are maybe afraid of losing their homes in this market during this pandemic when they're just trying to stay afloat? So uh, our, uh, in terms of the, the latter group, it's been a whole suite of income supports, whether it's the, the wage subsidy or, or the, the emergency benefits uh, or, or additional top-ups to things like EI and, and also for sick leave. Uh, we've been very focused on making sure that, that we address those issues, as well a lot of first-time buyers and new home buyers that are in that precarious space. Uh, we've also got to take a look at things like child care and making sure we reduce costs for child care uh, to, to, to make that uh, an option and, and support the choices that families are making. And then there's also student loans. It's, it's, it's a basket of cost of living uh, measures that have to be, that have to be managed uh, to make housing more affordable. So it's not just a question of housing prices, but it's across the full spectrum of household budget needs. So those sorts of investments are critical. The other component, though, is, is are the shared equity agreement uh, programs we put in place that, that, that get you into the market, get your equity growing in the real estate that you live in, 
and hopefully uh, that translates into long-term stable um, real estate acquisitions and, and, and the ability to create a home and, and live in a, in a strong community. After that, um, we, we've also started to take a look at how we generate more rental housing to try and get people into a space where the, where, where the, the rents aren't so expensive because the supply is stronger, and in doing so, keep the rents low, which gives people the capacity to save. And then we've also made some adjustments to the way RSPs are used in the purchase of real estate, and we'll continue to look at those sorts of things. One of the challenges is, is that if you do anything too big and too fast, you generate as much inflation as you do access to the market. Uh, and we have to be very careful. If, if we suddenly create, you know, 100,000 new buyers in the market, you can only guess what's going to happen to prices. They're going to go up. Uh, and so we, we've got to start to, to, to match and model um, these, these, these sort of micro measures and, and in doing so create that obvious bridge to, to home ownership for young families and for people who want to make choices about where they live close to work or close to, to whatever other uh, sources they need to, to, to support their lives. Adam, again, great, uh, great initiatives, and you know we really are seeing the results of those uh, in the market. Where do you think the condo market is headed uh, over the next little while? You know, it's it's I, I have a condo in downtown Toronto, and so it's 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 it's, it's a market that uh, I not only look at but I live in. Um, I, I think you're seeing a softening of the market a little bit, especially in the one-bedroom condominiums close to downtown centers. Downtown centers are going to go through a, a bit of a reset coming out of COVID as people realize they can, they can work in Toronto with a view of Lake Superior as easily as they have a view of Lake Ontario. Um, and so we've seen in the smaller condominium uh, market, uh, the one-bedroom and smaller, um, a bit of a softening of the prices. But we're also seeing on the construction side an increase in the materials required and labor required to, to, to stage new projects. So um, it's, it's the, the condo market is the trickier piece of, that, of that, that equation, which is maybe good news for people looking to make the first purchase as, as, the, as the inflation is kind of uh, a little bit more sluggish there than it is in the, in the single-family homes. But I think you're going to see the condominium market return with a bit of strength. I think, I think you're, and you're also starting to see um, the development industry latch on to an idea that I worked on very hard when I was on city council, which was to create more multiple unit uh, um, buildings. I was talking with a major developer yesterday about some of the projects they're working on, and they see things like um, condominiums where home offices are on a different floor, you know, sometimes on the lower floors, which aren't always the best because of their access to busy streets or, or just the shape and the configuration of the podiums, but where you'd have a, a two-bedroom apartment uh, or condo upstairs, but you'd have a home office plus a home office meeting space plus all the technology on the lower podiums. I think you can start to see condominiums accommodate um, new work patterns, which are going to evolve out of COVID, and I think that when you see those sorts of projects start, I think you're going to see a return to the strong condo market. But at the end of the day, the condo market relies on a vibrant downtown core, a strong corporate sector, but also a very strong tourism sector um, in, in, in inner cities. And so convention centers and hotels and sports and, and arts and, and, and all the things that make you know, city life city life. Um, when, when that comes back, I think you're going to see the condo market come back with it because at the end of the day, we're social animals. And while we may want a backyard for the kids to run around in or for the, the dog to, to, to take a quick walk outside late at night, at the end of the day, we also want to be with people. And I think as we, as we start to get the vaccines rolled out, as the, as the COVID hopefully moves into the rearview mirror, I think you'll see a revival of those markets, even though it's a little sluggish right now. Certainly the applications going to major cities haven't slowed down. So the, the, the industry thinks there's growth coming. And with immigration reviving after COVID as well, I think you'll see a return to, to, to strengthen that market. 
Great news for uh, condos downtown, especially with the students coming back for September. Adam, if people want more information about your initiatives and, and what you guys are doing for housing in Ontario, where can they reach you? Well, I mean, obviously, as, as an MP, you can reach out to any of the MPs to get access to your federal programs. But I would, I would pay attention to CMHC, and, and not just CMHC from the perspective of what, what it's doing around mortgages, but also what it's doing around initiatives to, to, to support supply. And what we're also looking at around affordability and, and mixed neighborhoods and, and where housing policy is heading. Um, you know, housing policy is led by the federal government now. Um, and, and we have returned to, to that leadership position. But CMHC as a Crown Corporation is still the, the, the major source of mu- much of our housing policy, and, and they execute much of our housing policy for us. Uh, and so CMHC's website, uh, cmhc.ca, is always a, a source of, of the latest and most, uh, most vital information. But, again, if you're not finding what you're looking for, call your MP and we'll be happy to connect you. Adam, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to having you on again. No worries. I just want to state one more time because on the real estate chat board that comes up over and over again, we are not looking at nor contemplating nor do we support a capital gains tax on primary residents. That's just not an idea our government will ever contemplate or, or move on and just to give people assurances that they don't need to sell now or, or anything else or, or buy later. It's, it's, uh, it's not an idea that, uh, that we're considering in any way, shape, or form. The Prime Minister, the Minister of Finance, the Minister for Housing have all said so. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Larry in Vaughan. Asif, he wants to know if his large home is still in demand, or have you noticed a cool-down? Great question, Larry. And yeah, large homes are still in demand. There's a lot of people that are now moving in with their parents or uh, you know, they, they're cohabiting and they are looking for those larger homes, especially with the lockdown. They need more areas in their home. And if you think about office space, schooling, you know, at-home schooling space, entertainment, people are putting gyms in their houses because of all of the, the lockdowns and shutdowns and the inability to uh, attend gyms or gym facilities, and now you're starting to see people look for more space and redo their existing space to accommodate all of those areas. So large homes are still in demand, and it's still a great time to put yours on the market. And how should Larry showcase his home so it does appear to be a home for multifamilies? It would be great if you uh, had some desks and, and private spaces that you can showcase as an office or a schooling area maybe even have gym equipment out, yoga mats out to show people what areas they can utilize for that. And backyard space is really important right now, especially with the weather getting better. You want to be able to showcase a little reprieve from uh, all the craziness in the backyard. Mm -hmm. So if you can set those areas up, uh, we can always come out and take a look at your space and give you some pointers and uh, help you set those up as well. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about in terms of having some help and support to really showcase the home, showcase how it can be utilized in different ways. I guess you have staging companies and, and, and folks like that who could help us in that way. 
We do, and and a lot of people are shying away from bringing in other people's furniture, but we're utilizing furniture, existing furniture in the home, and maybe some accent pieces that can uh, come in and and not take up too much space or or have been moved around from home to home. But uh, there's lots of ideas that we get just from being out in the field with other buyers and, and listening to what they want, and we'd be able to help you position your home for a quick sale. All right, our next question comes from Donna in King City. She wants to know how to maximize the sale of her small home that sits on a large lot. How does she attract a builder to this property? Asif? Builders are looking for homes uh, that they can tear down or even build on in order to maximize lot size and, and also their profitability. So if your area is one of those areas that you've seen a lot of builders go in and tear down or rebuild homes, the builders are already looking at your home. What you want to do is you want to, you want to showcase the lot size, uh, you know, trim it, uh, cut down any unnecessary bushes that, uh, that may interfere with the perception of how deep that lot is or how wide that lot is. Frontage is always good. You know, if, uh, if you have over 50 feet frontage, that's a, a good lot for a builder. And, uh, you know, the, the larger your frontage or the wider your frontage, the, the more attractive your lot is going to be to a builder. So you, you want to be able to showcase the lot size itself. No one's really going to care about uh, the inside of the house. I mean, if people want to go in and live in it for a while, then that might be a benefit to them. But also giving the builder the option that you will rent the home back from them for a period of time until they're ready to build, that may be enticing as well. And so will Donna's agent help her attract that builder then? Yeah, I mean, agents are, I mean, we, we always have builders calling us looking for things that are coming up. What you want to do is you want to be able to put it on the market for a few days and, and see how much interest you can get. Because right now, obviously, even for builders, there's a shortage of properties and they're always looking to build. I mean, their whole business is uh, having people that are going to work for them and build homes. So they're sitting around, waiting around for those properties to come up. So it is a great time for you to be looking at that option. Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? You know, they can call me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. And that's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.